nearby. Uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 together. I hope that, um, you know, the songs and the baptism so far have been encouraging to you uh, in your relationship with the Lord, especially like for those of you who are parents, who have young children, uh, that that would be an encouraging thing and spur you on in prayer and discipleship of your little ones. The, uh, the past couple of months, we've been in a series, um, a teaching series, looking at, um, in, well, in Romans 12, Paul says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, looking at that in a very literal sense, uh, the fact that there are, there are patterns that are established in the world around us, that, that a lot of times, they, they, they kind of just give us a... A lens through which we we view uh, a lot of things, a lot of situations, and, and um, just in general, just the way that, that we think and approach life. That the kind of underlying attitude that exists in uh, in like what relationships should look like, and who God is, and who we are, and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, the last couple of months, we've just been been taking different patterns that the world establishes for us. Um, and kind of picking them apart and looking at, okay, saying like, this is the pattern that the world establishes in regard to things like identity or forgiveness or whatever, saying this is what the world says, now what does the Bible say? And, and trusting that that renewed mind perspective will transform our lives. As, and, we're, and we're essentially just refusing to conform to um, the world around us that says this is how you should live your life. And uh, trusting that what God says in His Word is going to really change our lives and give us the lives that we that we really want, which would be lives of abundance in Him. Tonight, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up this week, and uh, I've noticed as many of you probably have that on uh, on the Facebook, uh, there's been a lot of uh, people posting things that they're thankful for, and I think I think that's awesome. And uh, so I don't. This is in no way intended to like make fun of that or whatever. Like I think it's a really great. Discipline to be in to really sit down, look at your life, and say, uh, "Man, like what? What am I just just super grateful for about my life?" And because um, I think a lot of times the the pattern tends to be let's let's list all the things that are wrong with our lives, especially the pattern that you see on Facebook and social media. And so I think it's great to kind of turn the tables and say, "Let's, let's just talk about all, just the good things about our lives." And in in looking at a lot of those posts, you know that. Um, that people are putting up uh, from people from from one end of abiding an abiding life to the other. You know, you have people who they are just steadily connected to Jesus and what he's get, what he's doing, and then the other end of the spectrum will be people who want nothing to do with Jesus at all. You have all kinds of people uh, going in on a Facebook each day and just putting something every day all throughout November that they're thankful for. And so it really got me thinking about a pattern like patterns of the world in regard to uh, thankfulness and gratitude and and. And being able to look at what God has, has done in our lives uh, in, in an appropriate way. And at first, you know, I was like, what, what pattern of the world could be wrong with being thankful? And so I really I started praying. I started asking the Lord, like, Lord, is there like a, some weird thing about gratitude? Like, how, does, how do we mess that up, you know? 
Um, and and I, I think that God wasn't really saying, like, like, yeah, the world is totally messed up gratitude. But what he started to, to kind of reveal was that, that when it comes to things like, like what, a, what a really blessed life looks like, that's where it gets kind of weird. Um, that if you were, to, if you were to, to start talking to people and say, hey, describe what you think a blessed life looks like, um, it, it would probably, probably be very different than what Jesus has to say about a blessed life. Um, and so for us to be really careful that we're not conforming to this wrong idea of blessing and uh, just uh, that, that, we're, that we're thanking God in the correct ways for the correct things, you know. And so, uh, so if we're going to talk about a pattern of the world in regard to, to blessing, then I think, um, I think it kind of comes down to a couple of things. One, you see people who, they, they look at, at a blessed life um, kind of based on what, what I would call statistics, you know. Like things that maybe you'd fill out like in the census, you know. Like um, statistics like, uh, are, you, are, you, um, are you married, not married, kids, no kids, uh, how many kids, uh, how much money do you make, um, you know, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? What do you drive? Like, all these, like, stats about our lives um, that a lot of, of times the world is, like, very grateful because they think that, like, God has blessed me in this way. Like, I make a ton of money and I have a huge house and, and all this kind of stuff. Or, you know, it, you know, it kind of changes from there. And so, like, statistics, I think, is one thing where people look to blessing. Um, I think uh, circumstances are another one, you know, that if you... Uh, not only do you have like do you have like stuff, but like it's um, everything's good about that stuff. So like you have a job where you make a lot of money, but you also like really dig your job, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think um, you know all the different circumstances that float around there. I think emotion is another one. You know, like things that uh, essentially just saying like these are the things that make me happy in my life. You know, and so you kind of press all that stuff together. You're like these are these are all the ways that God has blessed me because these are all the things that I really like about my life. And not all that is, is bad, but, but something kind of strange starts to happen when those statistics or those circumstances or those emotions turn out to not be like you thought it was going to be or something changes in there, you know. And I started thinking about it, like if you took, if you took like a, a group of like high school seniors, you know, and you said, okay, for 12 years you've been in school, you've been learning all this stuff. And so you're about to graduate from high school and you're about to go and do whatever it is you're going to do. Um, if you're a teacher and you're to have them do an assignment where you're like, describe in 12 more years, okay, 12 years of school, and let's say 12 years of, you know, whatever is to come, when you're 30, describe what you want, what you think your life is going to look like if, if you are going to be like a truly blessed person. I think that they would list stuff in regard to those stats and the circumstances surrounding those stats and the feelings associated with it. And I think blessing um, is just tied to those kinds of things in the world that we live in. And so, just like for the, for the sake of the sermon, just humor me, but let's say that this is not just an English class, this is an art class. So, let's say that, that you had them write, write that out, and then you said, okay, now here's your assignment. Take what you have written, and I want you to do a, do a drawing or a painting or something like that, and make that life into the perfect tree. This is you when you're 30. This is, what the, this is what your life would look like. What's the perfect, blessed tree? What would that look like? And so let's, let's say that they would do that and go through all those things. And they would arrive at this conclusion of this is what I hope my blessed life looks like when I'm 30. Here's the problem. 
Not a single person I know has hit 30 and their tree looked like they thought it would when, it was eight, when they were 18. Nobody. Nobody. And so sometimes your stats are different than you thought that they would be. So, so maybe, you're, maybe you thought that you would be married and you're not. Or maybe you thought uh, that you would have kids but you don't. Uh, or maybe you thought you'd make a lot of money and you don't. Maybe you thought that you would have a job and you don't. Maybe you thought you'd live in a certain place and you don't. Um, maybe your stats are not what you thought they would be. Maybe your stats are what you thought they would be, but maybe the circumstances around those stats are not what you thought. You know? Maybe you are married, but you hate it. Maybe you have kids, but they're a terror. You know? um, maybe, um, maybe you have a job, but you hate your job. Or maybe you have a job in a very, like, uh, the economy is really unstable and you're not sure if you're able to keep that job. If you can't keep that job, you can't keep the mortgage payments going and all that kind of stuff, you know? Or what happens if, uh, you know, you're, like, you have really good stats, but you go to the doctor and he tells you, hey, I got some bad news for you. Or what if you have, what if your, like, kids are sick or something like that, you know? What if a hurricane comes, takes away that house that you worked so hard to, like, put together? Or what if your stats are what you thought they were and the circumstances are, everything's good, but the feelings, you're like, yeah, that just... (laughs) That just doesn't do it for me. You know, it just, it's just so unfulfilling. Like, I really thought that this was what the perfect life would look like, and yet it's, I'm always wanting more. I'm, always, I'm just always so unhappy with things. And what do you do when you get to the point and you're like, man, my tree doesn't look like I thought it was going to look? If we don't have a, the right understanding of blessing, it leads us to some really dark places. People get depressed over this stuff, you know? People get very bitter over these things. People get angry. People make bad decisions. People look to all kinds of stuff to try to fill those voids. Your self-worth goes down. and You just kind of always feel like you, you know, I was thinking about it, uh, like you feel like like Uncle Rico. Remember Uncle Rico? (laughs) His character in Napoleon Dynamite, and he's, He's just, just talking about like how he has all these regrets, you know, and he lost his true love. And uh, if he knew then, we knows now, they'd have won state, you know. And like he's like, you know, wanting to, he just has, he's like Al Bundy or something. Like just constantly just living in what could have been and what once was and all this stuff. And you kind of just end up unsure of what to do that. And, if, and I think that comes from conforming to the pattern of the world, which says that a blessed life makes a lot of, has all, the, all these stats and all these circumstances, and all these feelings that go along with it, when you start messing with those variables, I think you get to the point where you're like, man, my tree doesn't look like I thought it would look. And then you realize, wait, I'm in a grove full of trees, and everybody else's tree seems to be doing great. And mine, mine's kind of in shambles. So we can't conform to the pattern of the world in regard to blessing at least some really dark things. And I think that that's why Jesus is so faithful to, to show us the correct way to think and, and process life and everything. So look at, look at Matthew chapter 5. Because what, what, what Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount uh, is, is he helps us to see what is real. And a part of what's real, I, I think, and, and I know that this is only going to go so far, so just... Every illustration falls short at some point, but, but work with me a little bit. There's, with a tree, there's like what's happening, and you look at the tree, and that's one thing, but there's a whole root system that's there. 
And so there's stuff that happens above the ground to the tree, but the, the root system can stay in place. I know there's exception to that, so if you're like a horticulture person, don't come correct me later. Just, just, roll, just humor me, okay? Um, what I think Jesus is doing is I think he's saying, look, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that's going to happen to that tree uh, over the course of life, and there's just, just things are going to happen, you know? I think in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, look, let's, let's tend to the roots so that whatever, whatever comes along, and you, however your life ends up looking, you're rooted in something that is bigger than you, and you're rooted in the reality of the kingdom of God so that you can weather whatever goes on and however your life turns out. So what I want to do is, I, I, initially I was like, we're going to do the whole Sermon on the Mount. I was like, wait a second. Last week was a whole lot of talking. This week needs to be less talking about something different than last week. So, um, so I just, what I want to do is I just want to cover... I want to cover three very, very well-known parts of the Sermon on the Mount and just show you how these things fit in. And so there'll be three points. So if you like taking notes, there you go. You'll have three of them. Um, the first one, we're going to have the Beatitudes. And you can spend a lot of time teaching on the Beatitudes. And so just to kind of set the stage, and we've talked about this in our community groups before, you know, the, the audience that Jesus had in the Sermon on the Mount these were all people who had been told that they were not qualified to be a part of God's kingdom. Like, to be a part of God's kingdom, you had to be, you had to be male, first of all, so that rules out half of them. Um, you had to be Jewish, so that ruled out a lot of people, too. You had to, you had to have money, so you had to be wealthy, because uh, if you were poor, then God must have cursed you. You had to be healthy, because if you were sick, then God must have cursed you. Um, and, and you had to be very, very pious and religious because uh, so you had to have the right actions to back those things up. And so that really took, it was a very select and small group of people who qualified according to those things. And ironically, those were the people who were telling everybody else that they weren't qualified. And so you have all these people that have been basically said, you're not good enough. They've basically been told that, that your tree doesn't look right, so you don't have a place in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus gets up in front of them. Verse, verse 1. So seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for uh, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets um, who were before you. So what he does is he runs through this list and kind of, kind of um, basically says, hey, those guys that are telling you you're not qualified, I'm here to tell you something different. And so the first point that I want to make is that regardless of what your life looks like, regardless of what your tree looks like at any point in life, you are invited into the kingdom of God. They had all been told that, that uh, for this reason or this reason or this reason, uh, God must be mad at you. God has cursed you. God doesn't approve of you. And Jesus is saying, those things are not what matter. 
And actually, he turns it, he turns it upside down. He, not only, he doesn't even just say, like, hey, guess what, you're welcome. He also he says, you're actually, um, you're well off, you're better off because of this condition, because God himself is going to tend to your needs. So, bless, the first one, verse 3. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the people who are spiritually bankrupt in life, and the really pious religious people are saying, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you've got to get this straight and do these things, all this kind of stuff in order to be good enough. Jesus himself says, not only are you invited and welcome, but yours is going to be the kingdom. Like you're, you, It will be handed to you. The keys will be handed to you. So you're more, you're more than just like going like to get in. You're going to rule and reign with Jesus in heaven which is going to be here on the earth. So you're going to, we're going to rule and reign the new earth forever. Um, so whatever, regardless of what happens, how your life turns out, like you're fine because you're actually blessed. Um, blessed are those who mourn. So, so then if, if someone died, if someone got sick and died, that must mean that God was mad at them. And so Jesus is saying, no, that's not the case. And actually you're better off because you're going to be comforted by God himself. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He's saying, hey, I know that people tend to like just bulldoze over you, but guess what? This whole earth is going to be yours. The entire earth is going to be yours at some point. And so I know you have to put up with a lot from like the powerful and the rich, but guess what? It's going to all be okay, because you're going to inherit the earth. Um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Those who are, are constantly just wanting to, to live the life that God has laid out in front of them, to be consistent with the holiness that is theirs. He's saying, look, I know that you hunger and you thirst for this stuff, and you, and you feel like it's, it's never quite there, never quite enough. Um, he says, guess what? You're going to be, you're going to be satisfied. Like your pursuit is going to be worth it. Um, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Those people who are constant, always reaching into other people's pain. And sometimes those people feel like, well, nobody cares for me because I'm always caring for other people. And that's kind of a weird place to be. Saying, guess what? The mercy that, that you're going to receive is going to be from God himself. So you just, you just keep being merciful. You just keep, t- you keep taking care of, of people. Um, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, the people who are, they're, they're always striving for more and more. He's saying, guess what, you're going it's, it's to be, you're gonna be rewarded by being able to see God. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. People who are constantly sacrificing themselves and, and trying to, to help people reconcile. He's saying, look, you're, you're, you're carrying on my own work like one of my own kids. You keep, you keep it going. Um, it's going to be fine. Uh, Blessed are, the pers- are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The same thing, he's saying, hey, I know some of you, your life hasn't turned out like you thought it would be because people are threatening to kill you because of me. Saying, guess what, yours is going to be the kingdom. Like your death is going to ultimately be just perfectly fine because um, you're going to receive the reward that you've always wanted. Uh, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Um, he's, he's, do you understand what he's saying? He's looking at all these people and they're saying like, man, my life doesn't look like the religious people say it's supposed to and I'm starting to believe it and, and I don't really know what to make of it. Jesus is saying it doesn't matter what, what the tree looks like and what these people are saying. What I'm telling you is that this is a blessed life because God himself is tending to all those things and all of this stuff is going to be worth it. And so what we do is we don't conform to the pattern of the world that says your life has to look a certain way or has to look like you thought it should look when it was 18 or has to look like someone else's life. We root in this kind of reality that says it doesn't matter what my life looks like. 
that God is using my life, doing something with my life, even if it looks differently than I thought it would be, it's all going to be fine. Because He says I'm blessed. Others may say I'm cursed. Jesus says I'm blessed. And that is enough. And so when we, when we are rooted in that kind of reality, our circumstances and our statistics and our emotions, all those things, they can, just, they can do whatever they want above the surface. But when you're rooted in this kind of truth and this kind of reality, you, it's life-changing. So that's, that's the first thing. No matter what your life has looked like, you're invited into the kingdom of God. The second thing, go to chapter 6. Second thing is this that you are safe and secure because of who your father is. You're safe and secure because of who your father is. I think that's a lot of why people get really down about how their lives have turned out. Or um, it's not even so much how your life has turned out. Uh, Sometimes it's just like, man, my life looks this way, and then something unexpected happens. You know, like the trees look, it's just beautiful. And then there's a hurricane that comes into the Gulf, you know? Or a lightning storm comes up and there's lightning all around. You're like, man, that lightning's going to hit me. I know it. It's going to mess up my tree. So sometimes it's not so much my life has turned out weird. It's this big life-altering thing just happened. I don't know what to do with it. And the reality that Jesus is painting here is saying you're safe and secure because of who your Father is. Um, We know this passage as the Lord's Prayer. Verse 9, he's just told them not to worry about their words and not to worry about all this stuff. He says, look, when you pray, just, just get alone with your Father and just talk to Him. He says, and this is, this is how you do that. Verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And some manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so if we look at this prayer, I think Jesus is helping us be rooted in another kind of reality. He starts off the, uh, verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I think he's, he's trying to help everyone that's listening understand. I think he's trying to like say this very gently. Do you realize who your father is? Do you, re- do you realize whose son you are? Whose daughter you are? Praying this way will help connect us to that reality that our father is in heaven and heaven was not, is not something up there or far away. Heaven, especially in the, in the Jewish world, like heaven is it's everywhere. Like it's literally the air that you're breathing in. That God is omnipresent. That heaven is everywhere for Him. And so our Father in, in heaven, so He's here and He's also ruling over the heavens at, at the same time. And so He's nearer than we realize most of the time. And He's much, much bigger than we ever realize so I think he's saying, do you realize who your Father is? Hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. Separate. Like God's not like anything else. And so we have this opportunity. And he just said, go into your room, close the door, 
and pray to your Father who's unseen. But he's unseen, but doesn't mean he's distant. And he cares about everything about you, but he's also keeping the universe going. I think he's telling all these people on, the, on this hillside, like not only are you invited into the kingdom, but he's your father and he's near. And there's no one like him. And so you can be completely secure and completely safe. And whatever life brings your way, it's going to be okay because your father's not going to let something bad happen to you. Like he will secure your, your present reality he has secured your future reality. I know we're sitting there saying, yeah, but what about cancer? And what about, what about this situation and this situation? What about the economy? And what about what's going on in Israel? And what about this and this and all these kinds of things? And that doesn't change the reality. Whatever's happen, happening to the tree as the storm comes, whatever, the roots are in place. And our Father, who's in heaven, His name is holy. We're good. You're good. That's a blessed life. So this is how, is, how would be your name? Your kingdom, uh, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Saying that's, that's what you need to pray, okay? So um, in, in, in heaven, okay, so we talked about heaven is all around us. And so God's presence is all around us. And so how God wants things to go, we're saying, God, make that real here. Show me what that looks like here. Bring your kingdom here. And so, you're saying, I don't really know how to, how to interpret this. Okay, well, what does it look like in the kingdom of God? Help me to do that. Bring your kingdom here into my mind. Bring your kingdom here into this room. And that's a lot of why we do some of the things we do as a church. You know, like, like the, the group that goes and... and, uh, and does, we have groups who go and do ministry in different parts of the city and then like abroad, you know. And, and sometimes what we run into in the ministry in, in India is, is because of the caste system that's there, we have people in India who are saying, why do you want to rescue these kids? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they're, they're slum kids. That's, that's what they deserve, you know. That's, why do you want to do that? Like, it doesn't make sense to, to the mindset of many, of those, many in the country of, of India. And, and our perspective is, well, in the kingdom of God... Uh, kids should not be homeless and hungry and abused. So we're going we're gonna, to um, ask God to make his kingdom come into that train station so that we can rescue these kids out and have his kingdom come into hope of life, into that home, so that uh, they have a place to go because that's the kingdom like, becoming a reality. We pray that that would like, be the case. And that's the same thing in, in your life. Something happens, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. And you're like, okay, God, what is your kingdom come into this situation? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in this situation. What does this look like? Because of who your Father is, we can process that. And then look at these examples. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Okay, what do you need? Uh, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, you need forgiveness? Okay, you need to extend forgiveness? Okay, ask for that. Um, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, you need protection. Okay, that's good. And so it's essentially saying you can be safe and secure because of who your father is. Therefore, just ask away. Just ask. What do you need? What do you want? What, 
would just ask. Do you need daily provision? Okay, ask for it. Do you need forgiveness? Okay, cool. Do you need to know how to forgive someone else? Awesome. Do you need protection from the evil one? Okay, because of who our Father is, just, just ask. He's not going to run out of resources. He's not going like, to uh, run out of patience. He's not too busy tending to Israel right now and figuring out what to do there to tend to your stuff. He's big enough to handle all of that stuff. So because of the security that comes with living in the kingdom, we just, we just ask. So when you get that bad report from the doctor or you're trying to figure out what to do about how your, your stats or your circumstance or something, why does my tree look this way? Um, God's like, hey, let's just sit down. Just, just ask me. What do you want to know? Struggling with contentment? Okay, let's, all right, let's talk about that. Ask away. That's the reality that we're rooted into. It's not a kingdom of limited resources and limited anything. It's unlimited. So I think Jesus is saying, not only are you invited into the kingdom, but the king wants to sit down Help you through, help you through your life. Help you figure out what to do. What a what a blessed situation if you think about it. Like man, whatever comes my way, the God of the universe uh, is willing to sit down and talk me through it. The great rescuer, the great forgiver, the great provider, the great fill in the blank, whatever. He is right there for me. So that's the second thing. Third thing. Also in chapter 6. This is the third point. You have every reason not to freak out about your life. Whatever happens, whatever's coming your way, whatever, just whatever the tree, whatever happens to the tree, you have every reason not to freak out. Or to not freak out. Or whatever English teacher way would be the best way to say that. Or I'll say it another way. You don't have a single reason to freak out. This is how Jesus describes it. Verse 25. So therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things, will be added to you. <clears throat> Every reason to just not freak out about what's happened, what's happening, 
what's coming your way, what might happen one day, all these things. Because guess what? God loves birds. And He loves flowers. But they were not made in His image. And they are not called sons and daughters of the King. You are made in His image. You are called a son, daughter of the King. You are invited into His kingdom because of who He is. You're safe and secure. You see what Jesus is doing? You see this picture that He's painting? When you look at the whole Sermon on the Mount, it's amazing. He's saying, hey, I know that, I know that because, you're, because of this is happening in the tree, I'm just going to run with this tree thing. Because of the tree looks like this, and you're super angry, and you think you need to handle it like that, but what I'm telling you is you don't have to ha- handle anger that way. You don't have to handle judgment that way. You don't have to handle lust that way. See, in the kingdom it's different. In the kingdom it's different. In the kingdom it's different. He says, you're invited, and I'm going to show you how to live in this reality. In the kingdom it's different. In the kingdom of God, we don't have a reasonable reason to freak out just because the tree doesn't look like we thought it would look or because, or because something is threatening or whatever. We have every reason to just trust. Just to trust. And so I think, I think when, you, when you consider these points and the, the entire Sermon on the Mount, I, I think... I think it really like boils down to this that that when we look at when we look at blessing from God we first have to start with with what what we're rooted in as far as what's true about us when we're rooted in the right things when we're rooted in the reality of the kingdom and the truth of God's word and whatever happens above ground whatever happens to the tree we're going to we're going to be able to navigate our way through that. We won't be all insecure. We won't be all worried and fearful and anxious and all this kind of stuff. We're just like, man, this, this is a terrible day. You know, this is a difficult day. This is a devastating thing that has happened to the tree. But it's okay. And even though it hurts and it's maybe confusing and you're not sure what to think of it, it's okay because... Jesus has invited me into His kingdom and because of who my Father is, it's going to be okay and I don't need to freak out because I'm more valuable than the birds and the flowers. Um, that's what's real. And so to me, I think it comes down to the idea of stewardship once again. That we, we root ourselves in, in the truth of God's kingdom and then we're able to be a good steward of whatever happens above the ground. Now think about that for a second. To be a good steward of whatever happens above the ground. To be a good steward of those statistics and things. And so if He's given you a job, then you're a good steward of that job. You don't abuse it. If He's given you a spouse, then you're a good steward of that marriage. If He's given you kids, you're a good steward of that. And if your circumstances are good, you steward that well. And if your emotions are good, you steward that well. But also... To be a good steward of the difficult things that sometimes come up. In the, in the way, in the sense that it's not the way you thought it would be. And so maybe your stats aren't what you thought, or, or maybe they're always changing, your circumstances are always changing, whatever's happening. To be a good steward of even those things that are painful. 
when, when we're rooted in the truth and the reality of God's kingdom, we're able to steward well the really great things and the really difficult things that come our way. And recognize that even if, even if a storm comes through and like all the leaves blow off and all the branches come off and we're just like a trunk sitting there, that's how you feel about your life. That in the kingdom of God, that might be true of you know, some things, but your root system is still in place. And new life begins to grow still. And God repairs and fixes. And He's able to use whatever the tree looks like for His glory and for your good, my good. And that, that's, where, that's where our gratitude should spring from. So yeah, be grateful for all the things that you like about your life. But let's also be grateful about the things we don't so much like about our lives. Because those things don't change our relationship with God, and they don't change our identity, and they don't change the fact that He's using all those things together for our good and for His glory. And so I don't know where this like, fits into your life, and that's really between you and the Lord. But I just want to pray for us uh, tonight that we would, receive, um, we would receive this word of the kingdom and understand it and uh, learn to live in it. So let's pray together as the band comes back up. God, I thank you for, um, for the security that comes into our lives from, from our knowledge and our knowledge of you and our relationship with you. That Jesus is, the, is the, the greatest gift that we have ever received and that our, all of our thanksgiving and gratitude <coughs> finds its origin in Jesus Christ and who He is and what He has done. So Jesus, we thank You for inviting us. We thank You for sustaining us. We thank you that our security is found in you alone and that whatever life brings our way, we can, we can be good stewards of the, the good and the not so good because we are rooted in a reality that's bigger than ourselves. We're rooted in another kingdom, a kingdom where we trust and obey our king because he is holy, sinless, perfect, I pray, God, that you would help us to learn to live in that reality because it's so different than the world that we are in. And so we need your help. And so Lord, I pray that um, even just as we respond in song and then as we leave tonight and we respond on our own, just in our minds and stuff, God, that you would really just help us and empower us, show us what this means. We love you and we thank you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Let's, let's stand together. We're going to sing, uh, we're sing two songs that I think are connected to what we've been talking about. And you'll notice that they talk about um, the unshakable nature of the kingdom of God and therefore how that impacts us. And so as we sing, I, I think, you know, some churches there's, you know, there's an altar call and there's different responses, and ours tends to be like through songs that have something to do with what we're talking about. And so as we sing, let's, let's sing with, with, from that perspective of empowerment that uh, as far as who God is and the kingdom that we're a part of, 
And let's really, let's maybe push ourselves to, to think of these songs, which you already kind of know, to think of these a little bit differently tonight, and just the security of God's kingdom. And so, y'all go ahead, and uh, when it's time to sing, let's, let's go for it, for real, as we close out tonight. <laughs>